0: The Deep Dive presents the fifth year option NFL draft podcast with Andy Molitor and Vegas Refund, powered by BetSports. Hey, hey, it is episode three, part three. I'm not so sure if I'm saying episode or part because it is a limited time series. You're not going to be getting this in September, guys. It's draft season um lighter weeks the next couple well next week i think will be pretty exciting with the combine starting new starting to matriculate out but as always i'm joined by the godfather of over under betting in draft season vegas refund how you doing today bud
1: good luke vegas refund you go back and forth but it's all good
0: I know, but like your Twitter handle doesn't say Luke. No, yeah, we, I it. like there's a million Luke's. Like there's a lot more famous Luke's than you. I will call you Luke. Um, we'll have that up on the screen once we once we get to guest season. We're gonna get to guest season sooner than later. But yeah, this this part of the year is kind of a slog as we just grow impatient. There were more markets up. Um, you know, we kind of Dilly-dallied between the uh, you know, we said offshores have this, the legal books have this. There were some paperheads, some like locals. I think <laughs> one local in particular hung a few lines. They basically, you know, low limit stuff got wrecked pretty quick. And we can talk about that a little if you want to. I didn't see a lot of them. I didn't have that particular skin right now. So I didn't yeah. do that. But I mean yeah, so- some of the some of the props were just it, it was over unders for the most part.
1: Yeah, I think it was Metallic, which is a PPH. And um, for those who don't, Metallic makes no sense. There's legal books. There's offshores, which are like the legals are the fan duels, The offshores are the Bavadas, the bet on lines. And then there's PPH, which is pay per head. And those are going to be like the credit books and like the mafia books where you get a credit line every week. And they had some over come out which they actually had a ton when i first saw them, which i didn't i don't have a count with metallic when i saw them, i was like holy shit like i wasn't like i was ready but i wasn't ready um and honestly they're most of them are pretty fair like i think levis levis was the only one which opened at nine and a half and it came down to six and a half pretty quick but like most of the lines and I want to say they're fair because it's still so early, um, but like there wasn't really anything I was just like, definitely about this other than that nine and a half.
0: Yeah. Maybe. And to even expand on what you said, there maybe a decent little spot for some education. Like this is, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you'd meet the guy at the country club or at the VFW and he'd say, Hey, I I, I do sports. I'm, you know, I'm a bookie. I run books for you. You'd call him to put your bets in and he'd write it down on a notebook. And then you'd compare notes at the end of a week and settle up if he owed you money for you. And, you know, obviously we have the internet now. That's all these are. It's just their websites that facilitate. I mean, just I'll just say illegal gambling because it is unregulated stuff between two people. Um, That was one of the questions I used to get a lot in DMs, like people would find, hey, I have this, how do I, how do I deposit into the site? Or how do I get, usually it's like, how do I get this site to work? I can't sign up for an account because they thought it was like an offshore where they could just sign up for a book and have credit through Right. I don't know who I don't know who they thought was just giving them credit if there's a bank on the other end or something but used to get that one a lot but I mean this is uh they're just websites that facilitate uh, the bookie better relationship when it is just a, an individual running book for you and it's nice to and it pissed me off too because I had metallic last year. I don't have that account right now I'm uh, I'm a little miffed maybe if, if you're the kind of person who does have some connections this is a good time of year especially if you're getting into these to Start acquiring a few more accounts, asking around some people that you know, connections, you have networks, people that you see that are always posting lines and, you know, from places like that. Like, hey, you know, especially if it's someone that will vouch for you that knows you're good, you're a good enough guy and uh, will, you know, not throw mud on your name when he's passing you over to his guy. So good mm-hmm. time to collect some accounts and then don't blow them up on props and shit. Save it for the draft guys because there hasn't been a lot more Um, in the offshore world. Bookmaker did put some prices up, um, but I think there was a tech glitch because uh, somebody max bet one just to kind of test it. Like the velociraptors jumping at the fence to see if it was electrified kind of thing. And it didn't move. So they didn't have their auto mover technology on to just, drop the price when somebody hit it. And then it came off the board. Everything came off the board. It went back up a little while later, came right back down. So I think they were just having some tech issues, honestly, when they were putting that up and down. And sometimes that sort of thing happens, but I believe those are back up at this point. And I mean, this is all kind of leading to one person and one, like one market, I suppose, eventually here.
1: And I mean, I think the the biggest news over the last week was yesterday with, the Richardson movement on the number one overall pick, which I definitely have thoughts on, but yeah, that was very much. I think what do you go from Mike 50 to 30 to one to now he's down to like plus seven fifty on FanDuel, which yeah.
0: Kind of bouncing between seven, seven and like 12 to one, depending where you look, I think. And well, I'd say consensus is like the eight to 10, somewhere in there. And it's, it just reminds me of where we're at in this. And I posted this in a chat. I posted a, a DM of, or excuse me, a, a tweet from the 27th of February of last year, which is about the same time. And it showed it. It's like, Hey, Evan Neal's minus 200 because everybody who'd, who'd bet and could bet was looking at mocks that come out way too early. And Evan Neal was going to the Jaguars and everybody bet it. And, I mean, it's just kind of a – I don't ever want to say, like, I know better and I don't think Anthony Richardson is ever going to be good and this is a terrible pick. But I do know what time of year it is. I do know we haven't had the combine yet. And I do know the mocks that are coming out are terribly uninformed at this point. So
1: it's yeah. it's, it's
0: tough. It's tough to it's tough to see a market like this just get steamed in the bejesus belt.
1: Yeah, and like, to me, like, Richardson is – essentially a a, like a great fumble bet like fear of missing out where like 50 to one 30 to one like totally fair like you want that like he does have that archetype that we're speaking to where he is a freak he is probably going to go off and have some crazy instagram videos he's already had a few that really is gonna get people excited uh which at 30 to 50 to one like totally fair like 100 percent, have one of those in your back pocket so that if like the archetype does come to fruition because it is, it's possible. Um, I'd say it's unlikely, but it is possible. Like you don't want to be the only guy without that 50 to one ticket. Like I totally get that. But a couple of mock drafts came out. I want to say like Trapasso, I think had him at, I definitely just push his last name at number one. Um, There might've been a couple of tweets where like, it really was like nothing has happened between a couple of days ago when he was 50 to one to today that merits this type of movement. And it really was just a group think steam move based off of a couple, quote unquote, experts saying that it is possible. Like that was the type of move after the combine. Like we haven't even gotten to the combine and it it just came down. And that really shows how sensitive this market can be because a couple of people might have tweeted out Richardson and then X amount of people bet into it and it came flying down. And then all of a sudden you got all the betting reporters on twitter saying anthony richardson's odds have taken a dive and then all of a sudden people see that and they get on board and it's just a ripple effect of group thanks steam and fanduel came down the majority came down DraftKings, i want to say held at like 30 to 1 while this was happening and i think they're at 15 to 1 now which it is also like that should be taken with a grain of salt because fanduel you can probably get like hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars on number one pick. Where DraftKings, you can probably get single digits if you've bet the draft before. Like seven bucks. Like I got, I, yeah, I got eight dollars and like twenty nine cents on Richardson. Um, and Fanduel, like, really, like you can bet a decent amount. Which DraftKings odds aren't going to move off of a bunch of nine dollar bets until like they get a ton of them. Um, so.
0: Yeah, and I think the the biggest contributing factors, like you mentioned, were it was a CBS Sports. That's a big enough uh, brand. That's a brand name. It got enough, you know, publicity immediately. It got it. It had a, it. Wasn't some rando, even though I really don't know this guy, the guy who wrote the. I don't. I don't follow. I did see an article. Somebody had written up an article about yeah, uh, just what we're talking about right now, and they mentioned. They went and looked at like the mock draft rankings, and again, not to throw this guy under the bus because mock drafting is hard. But it's like he is ranked like 180th and 64th and 230th in the last three mock drafts as far as accuracy. So, it's, again, it's it's hard. I don't. I probably ranked well. I know for sure I ranked better than that. I had a really good one one year, but yeah. uh, it, it's it's tr- it's tricky. And the thing is, too, it's it's. I think maybe that's something worth speaking to today because we're about to start getting good mocks like next week after the combine, there's going to actually start being some mocks that have some signal and, you know, your sheet, what you put together for that spreadsheet that you make um, just basically anybody else who's paid attention long enough knows like this guy is either plugged into a team. This guy is plugged into the league or this guy is just very good at reading the tea leaves in general. And, you know, they, the, the mock drafts will get sharper as we go. And eventually, you know, some things will just become known. The more known the quantities you have, the easier it is to pick apart the other 30. You know, if, if you, you get to the point where just everybody knows it's Najee Harris, like at this draft pick, it makes all the picks around it a little easier. Like the puzzle pieces start to fall together and it, it gets clean. And I, again, I don't like to shit on people. I'm going to anyway. It's like, you know, not to shit on anybody here, but <laughs> whenever you say that, like a good chunk of the mock drafts at this point in the, the you know, the cycle, they don't matter because nobody's going to call back to these in February when we're sitting there in April and all excited about who's actually going to get picked. So they have very little consequence. Like you're not going to, the police aren't going to come and get you for fraud, for writing a shitty mock draft in the middle of February. So you can do whatever you want. And if I were doing it and I was doing it for clicks, I certainly wouldn't make the same mock draft as everybody else would. I would make, I would make mine a little wild. So you see this every year, there's one or two bigger mock drafts. It's like, Oh like ah, that's, that's, that's stunning. Like nobody else has this guy even close to this and everybody gets to talking about it. And now that, bad draft betting is a little more widespread now you see actual effects of making these clickbait uh, articles
1: yeah and i I started uh my draft sheet is under construction officially um started adding mocks i think i got seven in there right now which i want to say jeremiah's mock that came out a couple days ago was like the first like one that i think is really worth paying attention to moving forward. And then a couple others came out recently, uh, but Jeremiah's mock definitely made noise with Tyree Wilson, uh, who's definitely the other guy that is starting to get hype really purely based off of Jeremiah. Um, I want to say, and I'm not going to can't take credit for it because I changed my tune based off of um, a couple of our friends that we know, but Tyree Wilson, like going into this draft was one of the guys that was like, he very well could, jump up like like tayvon did last year um and then <laughs> uh ben actually was the one that shot that down which his argument was definitely fair because he is 23 um yeah but like his measurables are freakish and he's definitely like a trayvon type that can jump a guy like will anderson almost like trayvon jumped cave um last year or Hutchinson, but. and
0: it is wild. What can happen down in Indy because you have someone like Will Anderson, where you actually have like, Hey, here's a bunch of production, not only production, but production in a, in a very good conference. Like this isn't you know, some guy that did it in the mountain West. This is, this is, these are sec numbers and he did it for a bit. And then you have, and I think you're like, you're saying Wilson is the greatest kind of comp to Trayvon in this. Like, Wilson and Richardson, as much as I kind of dogged on what happened, those guys are going to go to Indy and probably end up making some noise because they are very physically gifted. they are I mean, the word freak has become a, a positive in this kind of context. But yeah, like Wilson is going to be a freak. He's going to be quite freaky numbers when we get to some of these uh, combine drills. And that's going to kind of continue that steam. So I think... If you didn't go grab Wilson, top defender off the board, or t- even number one overall at, and you have some, you know, some lagging numbers at that, it's not the worst thing for a. Should we call it a sprinkle?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Don't go there.
0: Don't even go there. That's
1: funny. But, <laughs> sprinkle um, is not allowed.
0: Sprinkle, and it's funny. And this is not a look at me, big swinging dick, Andy, and I bet so much money. But it's funny, like with the draft. I'd say ninety-five percent of my draft bets are limit bets because it's because the limits suck so much. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I limit bet this. Yeah, It was fifty dollars in. Yeah, that's all that you could bet on this. So it's uh, sprinkles don't really exist in the draft because the limits do just stink out loud. It's
1: either a bet or it's not a bet. It's that simple. Um, there's no sprinkles. Like you either bet or you don't. Like it, like these. I'm God. I know I I, I didn't tell trigger. you I was going to trigger you or like personal plays like no like you you you're you either bet it or you didn't bet it like that's what a if it's a, if a lean? lean? I mean like what how does a lean benefit anyone? Like I guess like
0: it just benefits the person who put it out. It's it, 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 you know what a lean is? A lean is a a clickbait dra- mock draft in February. I mean if okay. it if it hits you were the first one to have it. If if it doesn't hit, oh it's just a lean.
1: No, lean is, lean, I I can take lean. Like lean is, I didn't bet it, but if I was, this is the side I would bet. Like a sprinkle is like, here. yeah. Um, But <laughs> getting back on track, going into the combine, like to me, they're going to be, there's a group of players that are just going to go top 10, like top 10, top 15 that like they're just going to. And then there's going to be the guys that are like the freakish guys that weren't making a lot of noise during the season, but as we go through the draft process, like their measurables can catapult them up where those are the guys that we definitely want to pay attention to in the combine. Uh, we're like the locks are like the Will Anderson's like Will Anderson, Skaronsky, Joey Porter, like those guys we've just known about. And those guys have all the tape where they just have to go on the combine or the pro days and not suck. And they're going to go within their range. And then there's going to be the guys like Tyree Wilson, Levis, Richardson. uh, Who else? Uh, Like in the top three, yeah. So Tyree, I guess Levis, I guess Richardson. There's so many corners right now. Like I'm counting – like there's eight corners, I think, that can go on the first round, which in a year that there are so many corners that are like first round in mocks like the Combine is going to be that much more, more important to these guys where like if I was to make odds on like their first cornerback to go, like I honestly – like I don't even I – don't, I don't think there can be a favorite. And, it, that, and
0: that that is going to be – that's kind of a market that I've circled in my head as far as – like it, it, I don't think that should open with somebody being like plus 150 there should be a bunch of bigger prices in there. I think you're going to be able to take some swings at different places and get some good numbers at top corner, because like you said, there's seven, eight guys that are legit to go kind of in that, uh, man, I don't know about top 10. I've seen people mocking some corners in the top 10. I just feel like from, from like 10 to 25, there's so many guys that could go and you know how drafts can get kind of weird. Like everybody just, says like, hey, this team's taking a corner. And sometimes it doesn't always work out that way if somebody else drops. And then you end up with a ripple effect. We're going to say ripple effect a lot where the next couple teams don't need a corner and somebody just ends up dropping because somebody else dropped. And things can happen like that. But between those guys, between... Uh, I mean, just other positional groups. you are going to see the, the wide receiver one will be a lot of fun as well, because there's varying opinions that's obviously already up and starting to shape, but there should be a first tight end market. Uh, just, you know, some years we have like, Hey, it's just the guy. Um, you know, this is, this is happening. This is the, this is the tight end that's going in the first round and that's it. But there's, I mean, what do you, where are you at with that? Three, so it yeah, kind so of like, three, and we're, we're kind of leaning towards Notre Dame being the top.
1: Yeah, so there's Mayor Kincaid, uh, Washington out of Georgia, and then there's going to be the guy at Oregon State, which I didn't remember his name last year, but actually, his first name is Luke. It's <laughs> the only reason I remember him. Um, God, I need to look him up. But so there's those three, there's four like first round talent wide tight ends. But I would say, like, Mayor, like, Mayer's another guy that's just, like, a lock to go in the first round most likely. And uh, he's – like, there's not much he can do. There's not much that, like, that can hurt him. But then there's guys like Kincaid who can blow up the combine, run a 4-5, and just catapult ahead of Mayor Because I think Mayer – he's kind of like the old school tight end where he has a receiving ability, but he also is, like – The blocker it's like mayor's like Gronk too, like Kincaid. Well,
0: Mayor's just kind of like full package, like everything you'd want. He's fine. If he went fifteenth, like
1: that's that's not like a super reach. But and like exactly exactly yeah, Uh, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, exactly. But you have crazy upside with him. And I think what you said is kind of rings true, is where we're sitting here on the 23rd, is watch those other two guys and Meyer, and then also watch all the corners and see who's, like, you know, who's impressing and things that have moved guys in previous years. Yeah, That's worth worth a dive, too. Like, at the combine, the corners and the tight ends are worth watching because that's a market that's going to open up and probably have some value.
1: Yeah, like, and I'm looking at, like, the corners right now just on my sheet, and, like, I want to say, like, the three consensus top, like, corners are, like, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, Jory Porter out of Penn State, And then Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois, where right now Gonzalez has been mocked to the Lions a bunch. Joy Porter's like in that Patriots range of like the ten to fifteen, and then Witherspoon's really the wild card that I that I've seen go in the fifteen to nineteen range, but also in like the six to ten range, where I think. Like depending on the team, like the Lions are the trendy pick for a corner. The, I've seen a lot of mocks have the Lions, a team trading up for the Lions spot to take a quarterback and the Lions moving back, um, which would take a corner at that point because who's that guy that they drafted a couple of years ago? Um, he's kind of a bust at this point. Who's the corner they drafted? Number two. Oh,
0: it was it was third overall, third. and it's, it's driving me. Up a goddamn wall right now, because oh, we we hated this pick. It was it was always supposed to, this this was supposed to be the two a pick at that point. Akut, Jeff Akuta out of Ohio yeah. State, so, so Akuda went Akuda went third there, and it's tough. I I hate I hate saying this after what we saw from Stingley and Gardner, but like sometimes it's just really tough to break in as a corner.
1: Yeah, and he I wouldn't say like he had a decent year this year, but he hasn't lived up to the hype, and it feels like yesterday he was just drafted, but the lions are about to have to make a decision if they're going to pick up his fifth year option um, where like, even with him, they probably could need a corner anyway. And um, they got gashed last year. Um, so they're definitely a trendy corner pick uh, whether they stay or they trade again, Hey, talking trades, but this is, a, this year is just totally different where trades are just going to be part of the discussion. Um, and then, so the corner market is very interesting. The, like, Skoronsky is, like, that guy. He's just a lock. Like, he might be like, – He's, like, one of my favorite players going to this draft. because Like, the name Skoronsky is just, like, a lineman name in itself. It, it
0: really – Yeah, it <laughs> sounds like he just he, – He's going to show up, to like, with a hard hat on. And like, <laughs> like, a, a- <laughs> lunch pail. And he's just ready ready to work. The, the big knock on him you've seen so far is just, like – I believe it was sh- a short-arm guy. But there's – They do all this the, all the time where you can just take a guy – Move him inside. Like, hey, guess what? You were – you were a great tackle in the NFL. You're going to be a great guard. The,
1: I mean, the Chargers, the last Northwestern tackle. Um, Sean same, Slater. Yeah. And he's he was one of the he, – he didn't play line. He might have won rookie of the year. Um, but Skronsky, I don't think he gave up a sack in his entire college career um, where he's definitely like similar to Will Anderson, similar to Joey Porter where they're just a lock. But Skoronsky probably has the guy out of Ohio State, Paris Johnson. There's, Yeah, I was going to say, the
0: offensive line will be interesting too because there are people that mock uh, Broderick Jones pretty highly. So it's it's kind of a two-way market between Paris Johnson and Skaronsky, but there's a little bit of a – and again, it could be a thing where some of these guys – it might just be Jones, like Broderick the, Jones. The top ten is going
1: to be tight. In life, we have, let's just assume we have four quarterbacks going in the top 10. And then we got, so that's four. then we got.
0: And then you have Wilson, Anderson, Carter. That's seven of the top 10 already.
1: Yep. And then you got.
0: If if one corner goes and Miles Murphy goes, then you have one more spot. I, I said that to somebody in the chat. I said, what are the odds that the top 10 is entirely composed of quarterbacks and defensive players. Like we just don't get it because there's not going to be a wide receiver not going in the top 10. I right. don't believe Uh tight end certainly won't a running back. Shouldn't. So like the only other offensive player would be, it'd be like the Skaransky or Johnson slide into the first 10, or is it all quarterbacks and defensive players? And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they open for that. That's the one I'm the most excited to see Obviously, there's a lot easier markets to beat further down the board or, you know, in the middle of the round. But I'm excited to see what Skaronsky's over-under opens up at.
1: Yeah, and like on the – What would you open it at? I mean, on the offshores yesterday, he opened at 9.5. I don't know what he is right now, which, like, honestly, I think is, like, totally fair, where I probably would open to at, like, 10.5 but like it's just so tight and like this goes back to like not wanting to have too many bets in the top 10 uh, where like i saw a couple couple paris johnson videos from the senior bowl and dude's just a freak like he's like i can totally see him jumping scronsky um like scronsky i don't think has the upside paris johnson does and people are going to fall in love with that with paris johnson um but like one corner is going to go and Like the corners kind of, it kind of feels like the year of like Patrick Sertain going nine to the Broncos. Like it feels like that type of corner year or who was it? It was the guy of South Carolina that went actually before him. Um, And then Micah went like 11 or 12.
0: What year was that? 2021 was it two years ago?
1: Yeah, it was two years ago. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy crazy how, uh, like,
0: we say, like, the the Jeff Okuda pick felt like it was, like, yesterday. I know. And then then we can't even remember, like, the 2021 draft. Uh, J.C.
1: Horn. J.C. Horn. That was the year that we...
0: J.C. Horn, and then, yeah, Parsons went to the Cowboys.
1: That was the year that we had that rumor about Tua going to the Lions, which would have been, like, an absolute, like, if the Lions had taken Tua, which, after the fact, I'd heard that the owner overruled Patricia on it and not to take a quarterback because they had golf, which would have been like,
0: I mean, Patricia making all kinds of news this week.
1: (laughs) Tua would have hit. I mean, that was like four. It would have been nuts. But um, either way, the other other story I want to talk about, and I'm going to pump this guy so many times throughout the weeks that we do this, but Rob Stratton, he's like the Seahawks blogger, and he had – a blog come out actually right after we filmed last week's show about the Seahawks taking a quarterback at five. And like, if I was to make a mock draft today, like I'm on board with his reasoning. Um, it's very worth going and reading it. But essentially he was saying, to so basically paraphrase what he said is all the mocks have been taking Tyree defensive line is a need, but you can't assume that Gino is the answer. And in the past, Geno's restructuring his deals. He's been very, like, stingy, and it hasn't been quick. Wow. Uh, his last four contracts, he's signed in, like, like May, like, late May, where they so when the draft comes, like, they won't even have a contract on him. Um, where the Seahawks general manager, if you've looked at the quarterbacks that he's liked in the past, he kind of has a Ballard um, – filing cabinet of like what he yeah. likes which is basically Levis and the one thing he pointed out was i guess the Seahawks GM loved Mahomes who threw 25 interceptions in college he loved Josh Allen who threw 21 interceptions in college and he also loved Russell Wilson who threw like 23 and he was able to like look past the interception aspects which would be Levis um who has all of the traits that the Seahawks general manager loves with it in the interceptions is the knock um, that based off of, and he says in his blog that like he literally like, spoke to the Seahawks general manager about how he liked these guys um, is very similar to Levis, um, which would make a lot of sense at five. And he thinks people are over-assuming that defensive line is the answer um, when there are question marks that steer the Seahawks away from prospects like this in the past. And that Levis just very much fits the bill um, and Gino isn't the long term answer, maybe short term, um, but going into it like a Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson, Tredavious Jackson year, yeah. they can see happening, which I'm now, very much on board and with that me. would
0: put, you know, that would put the Lions in a really fun spot. Honestly, just pick your, because then you're either getting. I mean, let's assume you've gone what three quarterbacks and two defensive players at that point, then. The Lions kind of get their pick of whoever's left over of the edge rushers. Like you can take Murphy, you can take probably Wilson. Honestly, you take you probably just take Wilson then at that point. But you can take whatever corner you want. None of them have gone. The Lions would be in a pretty nice spot for you know having no. that six pick there. And and it does make sense. And honestly, I don't hate them taking Levis, even if they do keep and restructure Geno. You're you right. can't be you can't be sitting there and thinking, like we're gonna win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith. You got to be thinking like, hey, this guy is good enough to shuffle us through this minor rebuild, and we'll see where we go from here. Like, it has to be short term and get another guy in the roster. I mean, Agreed. I'm not, I'm not the biggest let him sit a year guy, but sometimes that doesn't, uh, that isn't the worst thing. And we're kind of getting to a point too where you know people do look past that the the interceptions. Uh, college stats are goofy because a lot of it is like who's on your team, who do you have around you, who was who were you dealing with for a coaching staff? You know, do we believe that coaching staff got the most out of you? I have I have more trouble with Richardson just because it's like, all right, the guy is just a crazy athlete and he can do so much, but man, his completion rate was low. Like he, threw, yeah. Like, and I, I get it. He didn't play. He didn't get to have Ohio State's receivers. He didn't get to have Bama's skill position players around him. It's, it's slightly different. It's not, but it's not a massive downgrade. So, I think, I, I think you know, the the teams that go into the the Levis and the Richardson, maybe even, you know, maybe even all all four quarterbacks honestly have kind of glaring flaws, truthfully, and you have to be willing to say like. If we draft Anthony Richardson, he might be out of the league in like three years. <laughs> like he, you know, right. just like, he might be. This might be Josh Rosen, like level shit. <laughs> and but but the upside. I mean, the upside is is Josh Allen. And I hate comparing it to like a people call that like a unicorn, a black swan event because Josh Allen was really rough with some things when he started, and he really turned a corner. And I don't know if that's possible with everybody, but uh, just. The way that uh, the way that you've seen some of these players develop in the league now, it's it feels like it's more possible. I would have never thought Josh Allen would have turned out good. I was really anti Josh Allen after his first year.
1: And no, yeah, I mean, in, like I think like Richardson is definitely the guy that probably needs to sit, which would make a lot of sense if they kept Gino. Where like Levis might be the guy that can come in and start day one, which would be the situation if they didn't have Gino. Um, but it, it's the Seahawks are definitely a playing quarterback. And what I haven't heard is, is like the lions as well. Like, I don't want to like, I I'm pro Jared Goff, but if you're the lions, you also have to think about like long-term. When is the next time you're going to have a top five, six pick? Like you've had a top five pick for the last five years, but they're good now. Then having a f- top five or six pick probably isn't going to happen again where if Jared Goff is the answer long-term, then take a corner. But if he's like the Geno situation where maybe he's short-term and you might not be able to have a top-five pick for a long time, do we take a quarterback too? Um, But that's – I would default to saying no, but who knows.
0: Yeah, I mean, but but to your point, you're right. It feels like the Lions – I have kind of a a narrow band of like finishing records and a lot of them are right in the middle of the league. Like they, they finish right in the middle or slightly above average with what they've put together. They make the playoffs They're drafting like 18th next year. So, you know, somewhere in there it's, or, you know, obviously higher if they do make the playoffs, it just feels like, this is this is your last swing at a at a really good pick, which it sucks that this quarterback class is kind of weak, all things and, considered.
1: And I was looking at a uh, I think Pro Football Focus put out a put out something yesterday where they basically bunched next year's draft with this year's draft. It, it was like Caleb and the guy to UNC, and then Bryce like a couple picks later. And, like, Levis and Richardson weren't going into, like, the 18-20 range, um, which is definitely a weak class, but the need just outweighs everything. Um, it's a quarterback-run league, so the quarterbacks are going to go. And everything, it's definitely trending towards, right now, four quarterbacks going in the top five, top six. And it just yeah. is what it is.
0: I know, that, as we sat here months ago and you looked at that, it felt like all right, you have two going high, you have two going in the middle, maybe low, maybe not even in the first round. And then it just become painfully apparent as things shuffled out. And, you know, obviously the, uh, the free agency market affects some of this as well, but it's like, you know what? Houston, Indy, maybe the Seahawks for sure. Now the Raiders for sure. Now the – the, the Panthers, like maybe, you know, maybe Atlanta, maybe um, Tennessee, even again, like a bunch of teams just suddenly need a quarterback. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's eighth grade economics, guys. It's supply and demand. Like the, the supply is not there and the demand is heavy. And guys like, you know, guys like Richardson, who are a really big project at this point, are going to go much higher than they would in you know years where the demand wasn't there. So it's a it's a goofy game, and this happens every year. I mean, this happens with other positions. It's just
1: not as
0: it's not as glamorous, and you're not going to hear as much about it.
1: Yeah, and like so as we're speaking, Fanduel posted first defensive player, which hmm, first time looking at it, and uh, these odds are. Very interesting um, to say the least, which I might be making a bet as we're talking. I mean, so Jalen Carter opened up at minus 195, and then you got Will Anderson plus 340, Tyree Wilson plus 500. Which this is, I'm like literally thinking as we're speaking. I can like, see it on
0: your face. <laughs>
1: Will Anderson is way too high. Like I, in what world? should Jalen Carter be minus 195? Um, and I mean, Tyree, Tyree's getting the Jeremiah hype, uh, which at other books I've seen like Anderson, even odds, Jalen Carter minus like 150. Um, I still think like Anderson and Carter should be even. And free agency is definitely going to be something that Gives this a path to who will be taken first, um, where actually the after we've been speaking about the last two episodes about Darren Payne not being franchise tight, it came out this week that it looks like he's going to, um, which yep. plays into Chalen Carter's benefit. But like this is.
0: I was gonna say there hasn't been, besides the entire Tennessee Titans roster being released, there hasn't been a lot of free agency news besides that tagging, and then some rumors are about Daniel Jones maybe signing elsewhere, which are super unfounded at this point. Who knows what goes on there? But you know that that obviously changes a few things in New York. But the yeah, I I was kind of of the mind that I want to bet Will Anderson to be the first defender taken. And I was thinking I'd have to wait till after the combine, like have Wilson come in and just blow the doors off the combine and let Anderson fall and fall. And then realize like, Oh, he still was the guy who put up numbers, like out of good school against a good schedule. And he did it for years. Like he's still just probably, he's, and at that point, if I take a stab at him uh, at a depressed price for first defensive player, if there's like a 20 to one for him to be first overall, uh, you know, I still have this, I still have a small non-zero chance. I think in my head, if, as <laughs> I've run through all the things happening where the bears are just unable to trade the first pick, or it, it, you know, it, if things leak between, between ownership group or, you know, just front offices and the Colts realize that, you know, Houston is not into who they're into and they don't have to trade up to get their guy, it just really devalues the first overall pick. And at that point, Houston, if they know no one's going to trade with the Bears and besides them, why would they trade up? It's like, you know what? The Bears are stuck with it. Your guys are taking a defender at that point. And I don't have a a ton of confidence in the Bears front office right now. That that wide receiver trade is going to stick in my craw for quite a while.
1: I know. I I know. Um, Yeah, it's – I mean, I just, I think I, I think I saw odds on the Bears trading the pick, and it was like minus 160 for yes, and I would say it should probably be like minus 1 250. Uh, I really, other than there is, there really isn't, unless you're just greedy or like overzealous. Like there isn't an argument for them not trading the pick, uh, other than teams not wanting to give up what they want, and they're just going to stick to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah
0: and, and that's where my my whole thesis was uh yeah they should they want to they will if they can but if the you know if the teams that have because there's just not that many teams that have enough like you know I don't I don't think everybody has enough or is willing to like leverage their entire future to get up to one you know so there's only probably two or three teams that can and if if they come to the realization that they don't have to, and they there isn't a bidding war, then the Bears just gets kind of screwed, and they're they're out of luck at that point. So it's the same thing with the Akuda pick. Like we kept referencing that, like the Lions absolutely should have traded back, and I'm sure, and I think I even read they fielded offers, just they they didn't have leverage in that spot. And I mean, it, it's another one where too, if the Bears were didn't have Justin Fields on the roster, it's obviously a way different, you know, a way different uh, kind of conversation we're having. And they tried to put out some real, a you know, real weak, weak sauce shit about like, Hey, we think we'd maybe, we'd maybe trade him or get rid of him and draft. Like, no, you're not guys. Like you just, you're trying to, you're trying to build some demand that isn't there. So I'm still, I'm still of the feeling that there's like a 5% chance the bears draft overall first. So, I mean, oh, 5%, that's right. So one, you know, at 5%, those odds, those odds still present value. And yes, the bears trade the pick, like, yeah, I mean you could lay minus a thousand on that probably and and not feel terrible about it. I don't think the limits are super high on that. But yeah, I'm 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 more, you know, looking at what were what would the Bears pick if they ended up there? And I do lean heavily towards Anderson. So that that's what I'm saying. Like if we get to a spot where his price gets depressed because of combine results and there's like a 20 to one on Anderson or better to go first overall, I'd I'd think about it.
1: Yeah, so those I just, are. I just
0: don't have a ton to bet on yes, you know.
1: Right. No, I agree. Um, where I would love to, like, it's tough because there's nothing to compare it to right now. Um, but yeah, three hundred and forty just seems high. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Anderson at plus three hundred and forty. Yeah, I would definitely bet that uh, podcast pick like three hundred and forty on FanDuel. There it is. Top defender. Anderson podcast pick. I need mean, like a noise for that.
0: Or what's I have a button bar, but I can't hear it. What's I don't, I don't even know it played. I can't hear the sounds when I hit it. I, I, I have not figured out the button bar yet. Although I will, uh, I have a clip of you from earlier. I might put on there. I've not clipped it yet, but I'll let you know what it is after the show. All right. Well, I don't know. Can you expect? I don't. Do you expect more markets?
1: That was the curve theme. Thank you, Dan. Um, I mean, the fact that we got all those over unders on the PPH yesterday, which was shocking. Um, so, I'm hoping, and Fanduel literally just posted another market as we are speaking. So, this time last year, there wasn't anything like this. So, I definitely have high hopes for what we can expect. Usually, it's like every book posts their odds at different times, where like, points bet, it's always, like, late afternoon because they're Australia time. And then DraftKings, it's early in the morning. Caesars, it's late afternoon. And Draft... And Who's that one? And FanDuel, it's usually around this time as well. Um, so, like, in DraftKings, is usually, like, 5 o'clock, I want to say, um, is when they, like, post new stuff, which I, I'm just in that rhythm already. Um, but hopefully... I mean, positional run is what we said last week that we can look for. If we got player over-unders, that'd be crazy. And, I mean, that's – I mean, first cornerback market would be cool. First offensive lineman would be cool. Um, But Combine's – Even first tight end. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I think that's – those are the next ones. Hopefully we can – and I did – earlier today, now recording this on a Thursday, I did take a spin around the offshore world. And, I mean, I – and I said this when we were getting into the Super Bowl stuff. I put on my boots and really got down into the muck, into the shit, into the bet DSIs and the Bet105.EUs and the U-Wagers. And there's just – there's no real new markets up at the offshore world right now. It's basically the same stuff we had last week, so – And it's weird. It used to, it used to kind of be the other way. The offshores would open and then the legals would open afterwards, but uh, legals are kind of leading the way on some of these too. And then the offshores copy some of those lines. So if you're going to start seeing some new stuff up at FanDuel, maybe this weekend from just crossing my fingers and toes and praying here, maybe I'll be able to see a few other things or, uh, and good news. And thank you to the gentleman who DM to me about this since they live in Iowa. Told me he's like, Hey, something changed. Uh, I can bet draft props in Iowa now. He's uh, oh, yeah, yeah he let me know. So, like, because I've, I've told you that I drove down there, I couldn't do it, but he said they they did make some changes to the legislation down there. So, I guess always be checking on that if you think you live in a state where you can't bet draft props legally, double check because <laughs> I, I guess that sort of stuff changes. And uh, you know, I, I suppose they don't just like send a letter out, like, Hey, guess what, guys. We're going to offer draft props and a few, you know, college college uh, basketball props that you didn't have last year. Or you can bet on the election now. Like, it's not going to be on the 10 o'clock news. So double check into that, I guess, if you live in the those uh,
1: states. I saw my dad a couple of days ago, and he's like, what does Andy keep talking about with these offshores? What is that? I was like, he's not in a legal state. He has, to, he has to bet on, like, the mob books. I was like, ah, I get it yeah the
0: the books that are based out of like curacao and costa rica and my favorite my favorite is uh god bovada bovada is like bovada.lv and they do that because it it looks like las you know oh, las vegas but um it's latvia so i don't think they're based out of latvia but their website is so that's what all those means. Like the, there's PA, that's Panama, like all the offshores are just based out of countries like that with, uh, I guess, less regulations. It's, and then it's the same with the European books. Like bet, go look where bet three, six, five is based out of guys. It's uh, not a country. A lot of people have been to.
1: <laughs> yeah. So starting next week, we should definitely have a lot more to talk about. I mean, we'll be, the combine will be going on as we're recording um, and hopefully we'll have more, but, and drop some. Uh, maybe we'll next week. We'll tweet out like ask questions or request qu- or like guests you want to have on. I'm just gonna start planning for that, and we'll probably go video soon as well, right?
0: Yeah, once once we actually have some more things better, we'll start doing this uh, video, maybe even live. If uh, you've got the stomach for it, you, you can ask. Ask questions live. That'll be nice, too. That makes it a little easier. to. And, you know, we probably won't be fielding in the whole time, but it'll be like, uh, you know, ask questions during the show and we'll get to some of them at the end. Kind of a, a nice question question and answer at the end of the show, which is fun. But, yeah, we've already had a few people reach out like, hey, I'd like to be a guest if you guys are talking draft because people love talking draft. So we've got a few people pretty much lined up. If they ask you to be on, it's a lot easier. Like, hey, all right, you're, you're in. You're signed up, bud. So we've got some of that, but yeah, definitely hit us in the DMs or tweet us if you if there's somebody you'd really like us to get on to talk with, and we'll start doing some video here. And if you fuck it, we'll do it live. Hell yeah! So uh, any other news before we uh, call our week? Mm. I mean, just the the quarterback stuff. I don't think we're any closer to resolution on Rogers. I don't. I don't think Rogers signs with the team before the draft.
1: No, uh, I, I think Car
0: Car will, but it feels like that list is very small at this point. And the Lamar thing, I don't think we get resolution on that very quickly either.
1: No, I mean, I get, no, I mean, uh, Zerline came out about how Texans love Bryce and athletic had a beat reporter mock yesterday or this morning where the beer reporter, I, f- I can't say what his name is. It's not the guy that's just been causing chaos in the tweets, um, but <clears throat> this is like Colts fake B-reporter or something. But uh he said that the Ursay comments in his inter- in his press conference about loving Bryce were actually true um, and that people should believe what he said, which that was something in the context. And he had the Colts trading up to number one, taking Bryce. So uh, it does feel like Bryce is catching some momentum again um, between Zerline, who Zerline's is very much dialed into the Texans saying that the Texans like Bryce, and that which we all assumed he's confirming it from the guy that we focus on from the Texans news, and then that beat reporter kind of saying that Ursay was actually telling the truth and should believe it, are two very, like, you say, tea leafy. Sober, you should yeah, believe like, them. These are tea leafy type nuggets that are just worth monitoring for the perspective for everything to come Yeah, just keep,
0: keep some notes. Yeah, Because – in my mind, I'm still of the mind that the most likely trade is Houston, if if they believe someone's going to jump them. But you know, if if this stuff checks out, then the Colts are probably right there. Where it's it's one of the uh, one or the other, and maybe even a slight lean towards the Colts. A sprinkle on the Colts. Yep. That would somebody should open that market. Like, just what team drafts? What team takes the first overall pick? And just open that with you know Bears, Colts, Texans, and a couple other teams. Like if you're, if you're, uh, I'm going to talk to somebody. I, I know some. I probably could get this put up in an offshore. I'm not sure about a legal book. I used to know somebody at DraftKings. Maybe I'll have to reach out again. <laughs> um, but we'll, yeah, we'll see if we can get. That's a fun market. Like, because they have oh, the. Will, I mean, will the Bears draft first overall? Yes or no? Like, why not? Which team drafts first overall? Others on request. Like, I mean, you, it'd you wanna, be easier better bet than to get into that, than,
1: Yeah, I mean that'd be a great market to bet into it, instead of just number one pick where this beat reporter mock, which normally I don't really pay attention because like having like one person giving a mock, not just a 32 different people. Uh, it had a ton of trades. It, I think it was the Colts trading one. It had Raiders trading up for a quarterback Lions trading back Panthers trading up to six. It was like, basically if you needed a quarterback, they were trading up. Um, yeah.
0: And normally I hate mocks with a trade, but like we sure. said, with, the, with the, high, the high likelihood of the Bears trading, it just feels like – like if I made a mock right now, I might just be like, here's two. Um, I'm going to do the top five different in, in these two, and it's going to be the Bears trade with the Colts, the Bears trade with the Texans. And then, God, I don't know how – but you don't know how far that butterfly effect goes up. Maybe that's a horrible idea.
1: Cut the We'll cut this part from the podcast.
0: I never said that. That's a I don't want to make two mocks.
1: It's horrible. Yeah, let's get out. Let's get this podcast out there, baby.
0: So, all right, we'll call it a day. I got to run. Luke's got to run. Uh, like you said, hit us with the uh, guest recommendations. If you have it and we'll catch you next.